Aloha and welcome to another episode of the English 2.0 Podcast, the podcast for ambitious English students who want to become fluent English speakers, global communicators, and real-world English 2.0 performers. My name is Al, professional English language coach and fluency expert. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the English 2.0 Podcast. Today we are going to do the 14th episode of Current Events. As you know, we'd like to do our current events episodes about once a month to keep you informed on what's going on in the world. And it helps you, you know, learn vocabulary that you can use and, you know, topics that you will be able to discuss with friends, classmates, colleagues in English when you need to. So that is the purpose of talking about current events. And I think a lot of it is interesting for you. Today, we're going to do a sports roundup. So the last time we did this was last summer, about six months ago. And we've got some important sporting events going on or that have just concluded right now. And I think it'll be important to discuss them. So today, we're going to focus mainly on two major events. First of all, the Winter Olympics, as you know, uh, are going on now as well as the Super Bowl, the biggest American football game of the year, and one of the biggest sporting events in the world. So we're going to talk about those two things. Before we get started, please share this episode with a friend, a classmate, or a colleague, and we would appreciate that. Also, if you are following and or subscribed, please make sure to leave a rating and a review, if you don't mind. We do appreciate that as well. We're going to start today with the Winter Olympics happening in Beijing, China, of course. I'm sure a lot of you are following the Winter Games. And yeah, there's so many events and sports, so we're not going to cover everything, of course, but we'll talk about some of the major stories going on and keep you up to date with that. Now, as I record this on Thursday the 17th of February. We've got, I believe, today and then two more days, which will conclude the Winter Olympics, uh, Saturday the 19th. And so we've got just a few more days of Olympic competition. But as of now, we, have, we can do the medal count. So as you know, there aren't as many events and as many medals in the Winter Games as there are in the Summer Games. But as of now, uh, the total medal count leader is Norway, which is no surprise. I mean, they're usually one of the top uh, Winter Olympic nations. They have 14 gold medals as a country, which leads the world. In second place, with 26 overall medals, is Russia or the Russian Olympic Committee, as they are known now, I guess. Now, they have only five gold medals, but they have, do have nine silvers and 12 bronze medals. So they are the second in terms of count. Third, we have Germany with 22. They have the second most gold medals with 10. And then next up, we have the U.S. with 21. And then Canada with 20. All right, I'm not going to keep going down the whole list, but you guys can check out the current medal leader count. And it again, it'll wrap up in a couple of days so you can get the total 
wrap up there after the um, Olympics conclude. But have you guys been watching the Olympics? Have you been watching the events? Well, of course, you know, some events tend to get more news coverage than others. And I'm sure it depends on which country you're located in as well. Here in the U.S., the major event or one of the major events is always figure skating, uh, particularly, well, I guess women's and men's. So in the men's figure skating, we have a gold medal by Nathan Chen. He won the men's gold medal in figure skating. And then in the women's figure skating, we did have a little bit of controversy, but the Russian duo of Anna Sherb... Let me make sure I pronounce this. Sherbakova and Alexandra Trusova won the gold and silver medals, respectively. Now, there was a kind of a major story here regarding a third Russian figure skater, and her name is Kamila Valieva. And there was a little bit of controversy and scandal revolving her. So I'm going to read an article And again, I'll post all of the articles that I go over today in the show notes so you can read along if you like, and I highly recommend it. This one is from Yahoo Sports, and it is called Camila Valieva Falters in Women's Free Skate Fails to Medal. Again, we won't probably go over the whole thing because we want to make sure we cover as many things here as we can. But let me uh, go over the first part of it. So... With the world watching, Camila Valieva fell just short of the podium. Oh, so let's stop there already. The podium means winning a medal. So, you, you know, podium is where you stand and accept the gold medal and the silver medal and the bronze medal. So she fell short of the podium, which means she didn't make it. Let's continue. The Russian skater whose story dominated the Olympics struggled in her free skate, failing, f- sorry, excuse me, falling from first place to fourth. That dropped her out of medal contention and rendered irrelevant the question of how to award medals to skaters in a competition that would have, as an IOC spokesman put it earlier in the week, an asterisk beside it. Okay, we'll talk about what that means in just a second. But just to clarify, you know, in the figure skating competition, there's the, uh, I believe it's called the compulsory event, which they have to do certain techniques. They have to show certain things to the judges. They all have to do the same kind of routine. And then the free skate is where they can do their own routine and put in the level of difficulty styles that they want to show the judges. And that is, you know, she had she was in first place uh, going into the free skate and then faltered. She fell down, I believe. Now, what is the asterisk beside it mean? Okay, so when you have, when you look at results of sports competitions and sports matches, sometimes you'll see an asterisk beside the result. It's like a little star. And that usually means that there's something unique or some note about it. Okay, so in this case, what is the asterisk? So let's continue and we'll answer that. So instead, it was Valieva's Russian teammate, Anna Sherbakova, who took gold. Alexandra Trusova, also from Russia, took silver, while Japan's Kaori Sakamoto took bronze. The 15-year-old Valieva came into the evening with the eyes and the judgment of the world upon her. 
She had tested positive for a banned heart medication on December 25th, but the positive test was only revealed after she'd skated her first team event earlier this Olympics. She spent the last week as a symbol of Russian corruption, of easily manipulated young Olympians, or of the dominance of Russian athletes, depending on one's perspective. Okay, so that's the controversy. That's the asterisk. Okay, so she was she tested positive for this banned heart medication, which, of course, the banned medications are believed to give athletes advantages, unfair advantages over others. Okay, so she had this positive test that was revealed earlier in the Olympics, but she was still allowed to skate. And she was one of the favorites, definitely a favorite, to win particularly the gold medal in this event. However, even with the so-called advantage, she still didn't even medal. She fell down and came in fourth place. So let's continue. She may be suffering the scorn of the Western world, but Valieva has the full-throated support of her own nation. Russia's Olympic Committee blasted the idea that Valieva's medals are preliminary and that her wins deserve an asterisk. And here are the quotes from the Russian Olympic Committee. The results of the team tournament are not subject to revision under any circumstances, regardless of the results of the disciplinary investigation against the athlete, ROC President Stanislav Podnyakov said in a statement. Anti-doping rules are formulated in such a way that the revision of the results in the team tournament could take place only if the alleged anti-doping violation had been committed during the Olympic Games. Okay, so uh, that's as far as I'll go with the article, but you can see a little bit of a a technical point there of when it is discovered, but because uh, Valieva helped win or get a medal in the team competition, they don't believe that that should have an asterisk by it in the record books. All right, so that was uh, kind of the big story, at least uh, today, going on. Um, now, the other major story of the day, uh, which just wrapped up, is the women's hockey final. So the Canadian women's team defeated the U.S. 3-2. to two. And Actually, they were leading 3-0, to zero, and the U.S. Uh, team came back at the end and made it 3 to 2 but Canada ended up holding on to win the team gold medal in women's ice hockey. Now the men's ice hockey uh, final will be on the last day on Saturday and that uh, I believe is still yet to be determined. Let us see. So we have the semi first semifinal will be Finland versus Slovakia and in the other men's semifinal will be Russia, or the ROC, versus Sweden. And of course, the winners of those games will go on to the gold medal match on Saturday. All right, so again, we've got a lot of events that have concluded. Uh, one of the major stories, at least from the American perspective, and I think is uh, worth noting for the rest of the world, is the first black woman to win a speed skating medal. So this is Erin Jackson, and I have an article here from NBC News, and the headline is, Erin Jackson brings home gold, first black woman to win speed skating medal 
at the Winter Olympics. And the subtitle is, The 29-year-old Floridian finished her lap in a mere 37.04 seconds, earning Team USA's first gold in the women's 500-meter speed skating race in decades. Wow. So let's read a little bit of the article. So 29-year-old Florida native and lifelong rollerblader became the first black woman to win Team USA a gold medal in speed skating Sunday. Erin Jackson earned her first Olympic medal in the women's 500-meter speed skating race, the Beijing Games, an event Team USA has not won since 1994. Jackson finished her lap in a mere 37.04 seconds. It may seem unlikely that a skater who spent her life on rollerblades would be an Olympian on the ice, but Jackson quickly became a gold medal favorite. She made her Olympic debut four years ago in Pyeongchang, having switched to ice skating roughly a year earlier. Wow. And she was the first black woman to make it on to Team USA as a speed skater. Now, despite being ranked number one in the world, Jackson's return to the Olympics was not guaranteed. She stumbled during the Olympic trials, putting a hiccup in her chase for gold. Brittany Bowe, a fellow skater and good friend, offered Jackson her spot in Beijing, calling it the right thing to do. A quote from Bowe, There's not a doubt in my mind that she wouldn't do the same thing for me, Bowe told NBC Sports last month. Jackson said she lost sleep over her mistake at the Olympic trials and said it was devastating to have potentially lost out on a chance to bring home a medal. Just for her to do something like this for me, it's amazing, Jackson said at the time. I'm just incredibly grateful. I'm really humbled, and she's just an amazing person. Okay, so just to recap that. um, So I'm sure it's the same in every country, but particularly in the U.S., they have the uh, trials, which is kind of a competition leading up to the Olympics to decide who will represent the team in the Olympics. So it's just, again, a kind of a one-time event. I guess I didn't see it, but uh, apparently Jackson uh, had a hiccup or a stumble in that trials, and so she wouldn't have made it onto the Olympic team where Brittany Bowe actually gave Jackson her spot thinking it was the right thing to do as maybe that was just a one-time, you know, falter that Jackson had, and wow, I guess it was the right decision, seeing that Jackson won the gold medal. So that's pretty cool, at least from that perspective. So those are some of the major events that have gone on at the Olympics. I mean, there's a lot of stories, of course, uh, so many events, but what is your favorite winter Olympic event or sport? I would like to know. Let me know in the comments section below. Um, And I would love to hear what you have to say. And how is your country doing in the Winter Olympics if your country is competing? Let me know as well. Now I'd like to switch over to the other major event, and that is the Super Bowl. So again, I'm, of course, in America, so I'm very familiar and always anticipate the Super Bowl when it is about to happen and I do follow the NFL quite closely, as my favorite team is the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, they did not make it, did not come close to making it to the Super Bowl this year, hopefully next year. But it is something, you know, an event that, of course, is popular globally. And 
I wonder if you were able to watch the Super Bowl or if you were interested in it. Now, I know for some of our international listeners, uh, the rules of American football are sometimes hard to follow because there are so many penalties and things like that that can happen during the game. Now, actually, the game itself is quite simple, although if you're not used to watching it, it can look kind of strange if you're used to watching, you know, regular football, I guess, or soccer, as we'll call it, which is kind of an ongoing, continuous stream of action, which, you know, American football has a lot of start and stop. Uh, so it's more, okay, start the play, end the play, start the play, end the play, whereas soccer is continuous. So it may look strange in that sense, but if you learn just, you know, a little bit of the rules and how the game is played, uh, it can be quite fun, and you can kind of see how Americans get into it. Anyway, let's talk about the Super Bowl because it uh, wrapped up already. Now, this Super Bowl was the Los Angeles Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Rams are an interesting team because they they were expected to do very well, although they are a team that built itself. They, they acquired good players established players through trades and what we call free agency, which means, you know, when a player's contract is up, they can sign freely with any team they like. And so Los Angeles did that. Now they had to trade a lot of their future draft picks away, which means they pretty much went all in for this Super Bowl and perhaps next year. But after that, see, they're not going to have draft picks to build their team with young players. So that's kind of the cost of at least winning this Super Bowl. Oh, and I should say, of course, they, they did win. The Los Angeles Rams won. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20. to 20. So close game. And usually, sometimes the Super Bowls uh, are not so close, but the last few, I think, have been pretty close. Pretty interesting to watch. So this one, again, was a close one with the Rams coming out on top. Now, the Bengals, on the other hand, built their team mainly through the draft and acquiring good young players. Now, they do have, of course, free agents, but they their stars are more of the young players acquired through the draft, including their quarterback, Joe Burrow, who is a former number one pick, and then star wide receiver Jamar Chase, who was last year's first-round pick for the Bengals. And they played a big part in getting to the Super Bowl, which probably nobody or not many people expected them to to reach. Now, a lot of people expected the Chiefs to to make it or the Buffalo Bills. They were probably the favorites to, to make it from the AFC side, the Bengals side. But the Bengals defeated the Chiefs in the AFC championship, which surprised a lot of people. On the NFC side, the Rams side... They beat the 49ers in the NFC Championship. Now, the 49ers were not really expected to make it that far because they faced the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers were probably the favorite to win the whole Super Bowl. But unfortunately, they lost to the 49ers the week before. So that kind of cleared the way for the Rams. Who knows if the Rams would have defeated the uh, Packers in a NFC Championship, we'll never know. But anyway, the Rams are the champions. Now, 
after each Super Bowl, they name one player the MVP, which stands for the Most Valuable Player. And I have an article to cover this in, it's directly from NFL.com. And the title is, or the headline is, Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup named Super Bowl 56 MVP. So I was having trouble reading the Roman numerals there. LVI, which is 56 in Roman numerals. All right, so the receiving king is a Super Bowl champion and an MVP. Cooper Cup was named Super Bowl 56 Most Valuable Player on Sunday following the Los Angeles Rams' comeback win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Cup caught the game-winning touchdown pass, a reception from one yard out with one minute and 25 seconds remaining in regulation to give the Rams a 23-20 lead over the Bengals after a wild sequence in which an earlier cup touchdown was wiped out by penalty. Teammate Aaron Donald sealed the franchise's first Super Bowl triumph since the 1999 season with a pressure of Joe Burrow on fourth down. Man, just so proud of this team, the way we prepared, the way we loved on each other, trusted each other, Cup told NBC's Mike Tirico after the game. I don't know. I just don't feel deserving of this. God is just so good. I'm just so thankful for the guys I get to be around, for the coaches, for my family. I don't know what to say. Cup, so Cooper Cup, is just the eighth wide receiver to be named Super Bowl MVP and the first since Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman in Super Bowl 53. Cup joins 49ers great Joe Montana 1989 as the only players to win AP Offensive Player of the Year and Super Bowl MVP in the same season. So pretty impressive season by Cooper Cup all around. He was the wide receiving leader in catches, yardage, and touchdowns, and then wins the Super Bowl MVP. What a season by Cooper Cup. And the Los Angeles Rams. So there you have it. And, you know, we'll see how they can do, if they can um, continue to be good next year and have a chance to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Just you know, just kind of as a historical point of uh, reference here, it's typically one of the teams of the two Super Bowl teams do well and make it close or make it back, whereas one of the teams usually kind of stumbles the next season. And again, that's just kind of historically how it's played out the last several years. So we'll see. Will it be the Rams that continue to be good and make it back? Or will it be the Bengals? We will see. Uh, Now, one thing that is up in the air for the Rams is we don't know if the coach, Sean McVay, will continue to be the coach. He's very young, but some have said he might even retire very early now that he won the Super Bowl and go into broadcasting. Aaron Donald, the main defensive player for the Rams, also may retire, so we're not quite sure about that. The Bengals uh, just re-signed their coach, Zach Taylor, to an extension, so he'll be with the team for at least several more years. And they're, again, young players that I mentioned, quarterback Joe Burrow, receiver Chase. I mean, those guys are just getting started, so if I had to bet on one of the teams to be good again next year, I'd probably go with the Bengals but we will see. 
All right, so that is going to wrap up our sports roundup for today. If you have any questions or comments, please email me, al at alsensei.com. I would love to hear from you there. And thank you again for listening to the English 2.0 podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope you share this with a friend, a classmate, or a colleague. Also, be sure to go to alsensei.com forward slash idioms to get your 25 hot idioms. Don't miss out on that list. We've got some great things coming up this year, so make sure you are following and you're signed up onto the list to be updated, and you will be signed up automatically when you get your free PDFs for the 25 hot idioms, so don't miss out on that. So thank you guys again, and always remember to level up your learning and level up your life.